Hey there, welcome to the Dressage with Amelia podcast, where it's all about breaking things down and helping you learn to love your ride. I'm your host, Amelia Newcomb. These sessions are recordings from my Facebook Live, where I answer as many questions as I can from my audience. I hope you enjoy this episode where I answer your questions about dressage. Please help me out and share this with a friend who also rides horses. Thursday, I'm very excited for tonight's call. Uh, We have a lot of exciting things to talk about. I'm going to be talking about our 30 days to round challenge, which is starting soon. I'm going to be talking a little bit about frame and roundness and rain length because we've had a lot of questions inside the challenge about rain length. So we'll be talking a little bit about that tonight. I also am going to be talking about my horse show last weekend, which was super fun. So we have a lot of exciting things to talk about. Let me know in the chat if you're here, where you're watching from, and something that's exciting happened with you this week. Uh, Herman is not here. He's teaching a clinic this weekend in Idaho. So I always enjoy when he accompanies me, but you just have me tonight. So first of all, the horse show last weekend, we haven't been able to show like all summer because there's been this virus here called the vesticular stomatitis. And so We weren't allowed to show. Finally, last weekend, there was a show at my barn, and I showed my three horses, and I felt like a little bit rusty the first day. On Saturday, I just felt like um, I didn't stay as like chill and relaxed as I normally do at a horse show, and I think that part of that was just not doing it for a while, and I tell this to my students all the time. I'm like, Showing, if you want to get good at showing, you have to do it. You have to do it consistently. It's not going to be perfect the first time. It's something that you kind of have to set a goal and be like, okay, you know, I'm going to go to three or four shows this year. And the first one's probably not going to be great, but everyone is going to be just a little bit better. Um, So what did I learn this weekend? On Sunday, here's a funny story. So Sunday, I'm warming up Harvey for the Grand Prix and I'm like trying to like breathe. And I got this um, watch that monitors my heart rate and my heart rate went like really high when I was showing on Saturday. So I was like warming up, all zen, like breathing. I thought my ride time was at 9.28. So I'm riding around and all of a sudden the the ring steward, she's like, Hey, you know, you can go up anytime. And I was like, wait a second. I was like, what time is my ride time? And she was like, Oh, it's at nine 20. So I had basically eight minutes less than I thought that I had. So I was just like, okay, I'm, I'm not going to panic. I'm just going to breathe. I had done my canner work, but I hadn't done any trot work. So I like did two laps of trot work and went into the ring. But I think the moral of the story is that when you're showing and when you're competing, things are going to go wrong. It's never going to be smooth. It's never going to be perfect. And so much of competing is just adapting. It's just like dealing like, okay, I have eight minutes less left. I'm going to, you know, breathe, do a little trot and go in and see how well my horse and I can do. I was also on a call, um, last night with some of my students and 
inside of many of my programs, you send in videos and I review them on Zoom with students. And many of you guys are showing, which is awesome. Let me know in the chat if you're showing this summer. But I told my students that when you go in the show ring, you're going to lose 10%. Things are going to get 10% worse. And that is totally normal. You know, your horse is going to be 10% less forward, 10% less round. You're going to ride 10% less accurately. Your position is going to be 10% worse at least. And that's totally normal. So you just have to go into the show ring, do the best you can, learn from your mistakes, and then go home and practice that. Like for me, I think the biggest takeaway from shows is that it gives me homework. It's like a test of where I'm missing things and then I have to go back and then I have to do the homework. So it's it takes courage. It takes bravery to get out there and show, but it really is such a great experience as long as you have that mindset that you look at competing as a learning experience and you don't put so much pressure on yourself that it has to be perfect that you just don't ever do it. So it was a super fun weekend. I showed Harvey in the Grand Prix. Kensington did the pre-St. George. Natasha did her Grand Prix freestyle. And Luigi did fourth level. So super fun weekend. Um, okay, so the next thing on my list is I know many of you have already joined 30 Days to Round Challenge, which is so fun. It's wonderful to see all of your posts. 30 Days to Round is probably my favorite program because it works. We see huge transformations in riders. It's one of the hardest parts of riding is figuring out how to get your horse round, how to get a contact without just hanging in your horse's mouth. And it's something that I kind of learned the hard way with my horse Geronimo. I've told the story many times, but basically... Geronimo started rearing and I was told that he was a terrible horse. I should get rid of him, all this stuff. Bottom line is I just wasn't breaking things down and showing him how to get round and how to correctly use her, his body. So a lot of the um, exercises in the program show you that. So let me go ahead and get started with these questions. So these questions are from students who are inside the program already, which is super fun. There's really, really great questions here. So here's a really good one from Stacy. She says, does rounder always mean shorter reins? Should I strive to hold my reins on my horse the same length that my trainer does? Or does it vary depending on the person? I can never get mine as short as my trainer does without me being pulled forward. Excellent question, Stacy. I know a lot of riders ride with their reins way too long. This is like one of my pet peeves in office hours that I see students is if your reins are so long that you have to like go like this and like do all these crazy things with your hands in order to turn your horse, then you need to shorten up your reins. That said, it's important to consider that roundness always comes from back to front. So roundness is really about engaging the hind end, lifting through their back and going to the contact. And so 
if you just all of a sudden, you know, shorten your range super, super short and your horse isn't supple and they're not in front of the leg and they don't understand it and you don't have the hind end engaged, they're going to argue, right? They're going to feel trapped. They're going to brace. They're going to go against you. And so it's really important that, yes, as you move your horse up the levels, you want your horse's frame to be able to shorten, right? Like if we think about, like if we look at that picture there of Harvey doing his pee off, right? His hind end is tucked under, his back is lifted, he's shortened in his frame. And so that is the ultimate goal as we train our horse up the levels is that we want them to fold up in their body so that their back lifts. But it's a process. A couple things that I recommend in order to get your range shorter is one, focus on the rhythm and the tempo so that when you shorten your reins, make sure that your horse doesn't slow down. Two, when you shorten your reins, bring your hands forward as you shorten your reins. So like if I'm going to go to shorten my reins, I actually kind of walk my hands forward. I establish a light contact and then I very gradually bend my elbows because horses' mouths are very sensitive. And so if you all of a sudden like shorten your reins and pull really hard on them, they're going to stop. They're going to like go backwards. They're going to do things that we don't want them to do. So do it gradually and always maintain the forward pushing. And then, okay, Stacy says, so her trainer gets her range shorter than she does. So a couple of things um, is probably because your trainer has your horse more in front of the leg, more supple, more through. So she's able to get those range shorter. So your goal, yes, is that eventually you can get your horse like rounder and a shorter and more through like your trainer does. But that's a process. And you do it through suppleness exercises, through transitions, not just by like shortening the reins and um pulling on them. Okay. So good question. Does bringing your hands forward mean straightening your elbows? That's a really good question. So Charlotte, it's really important that you always, always have a bend in your elbows. It's so important because the second that your arm is straight, it's very stiff. And if your arm is stiff, guess what? Your horse's neck is going to be stiff. This is something I see a lot with students as well, is they're riding around and their arms are locked out and their whole arm is so stiff. And then they wonder why their horse can't get round and soft. So you really have to have suppleness in your wrist, in your fingers, in your elbows, so that you can get your horse round and soft and everything like that. So that is a... Um, a really good question. Let me see. Um, okay, here's another question from Karen. She says, my horse is only three and a half years old. I'm currently riding him two to three times per week and do groundwork on the other days. The challenge recommends five sessions a week. Do you think I need to up my riding schedule to five times a week or would it be okay to continue my current routine? Okay, so good question, Karen. I think that the best thing to do is probably continue with your current routine. I think for a young horse, a combination of riding days, like three um, three days of riding, I think, and two to three days of groundwork is great. 
And as far as teaching your horse how to get round, how to soften to the bit, I always do it from the ground first. I cannot stress that enough. If you have a horse that, that races in the contact, inverts, put their he- puts their head up, all of that, get off, do teach it from the ground because it's way more productive both for you and for your horse when you can teach them what to do from the ground. Okay, so here's another good question. You you all in the challenge have such good questions. So when I give a long rein and use one rein at a time to bend my mare, she stays relaxed and supple. Her neck is long and her head is low. When I pick up the rein and shorten to ask for contact, she becomes stiff and her head goes up. She will lock her jaw and brace through her neck and body. Yes, Brandy. So this does happen. You know, and a lot of times it's like your reins are long and you're kind of bending and your horse is relaxed. And all of a sudden, you know, you go to shorten and you take two reins and your horse braces. So what I recommend doing is you have to kind of sneak it up on your horse and do it very gradually. Like I was talking about how to shorten your reins. So shorten your inside rein first, get a little more bend push them off the inside leg, carefully shorten the outside rein, send them forward, shorten it up a little bit more, um, send them forward. And then if they get really locked up, so like if I'm trying to take up on two reins and my horse gets really, really braced and locked up, sometimes what I'll do is I'll just take the inside rein, turn, bend, and get them to soften to that inside rein. Because And again, this is kind of the type of stuff that we go through in the challenge is breaking it down where, first of all, you just have to teach your horse to give to one rein at a time. And then you add the outside rein. And that's where we get stuck and we start trapping our horses. When you're just pulling and kicking and your horse doesn't have any outlet to get the energy out or to like relieve the pressure, that's when you start having problems. Um like I had with Geronimo when he started rearing. Okay, here's another question from Jamie. Any tips on fixing my hinge forward posture at the posting trot? I've tried everything. For the most part, my elbows stay pretty well at my side. Um, Canter is still struggle for us both. Okay, so Jamie is in a jump saddle, which is awesome. And we love all different types of saddles. I've been riding in jump saddles, Western saddles, all kinds of saddles lately. I will say though that jump saddles do tip you a little bit more forward. And so when you're in that jump saddle, you have to really, really focus on staying back. Like you have to extra keep your shoulders back because the jump saddle is designed to let you go forward in two point for when you're going over the jump. What helps me with a posting trot is I think of really like swinging my hips forward between like between my arms. So when you're posting, think about leading from your belly button and having your belly button go up first. And I think that that will really help you with your sitting with your posting trot. So think about belly button up first rather than shoulders first. Okay. Um, so here's another question from Kim. She says, I have a horse who was ridden by others and started bracing and curling immediately after last ride on him. He did not, but I have a flash and was considering, 
don't have a flash. I was considering add one, adding one, wondering if flash wouldn't be a bad idea or should I try without? Okay, so there were several questions about nose bands, flash, all that type of stuff, which I think is a really interesting topic. And a couple of things. One is that regardless of what equipment you use, so whether you are riding in a bitless bridle, whether you're riding in a snaffle with no nose band, whether you have a nose band, whether you're riding in a double bridle, regardless of what you're using, it's more important how you use it and how you train your horse as opposed to what you're using. And you always want to go back to the basics where you really just focus on teaching your horse to give to the pressure. Because a lot of the evasions, like, you know, when they're opening their mouth, when they're curling, when they're above the bit, it's just because the horse doesn't understand. And so you always want to go back to the basics and think about how can I apply pressure with this device? What is the result that I want? And then when my horse gives to the pressure, how do I release that pressure? So that said, what I tend to use is I do use a noseband and a flash with most of my horses. The reason why is because it really helps to stabilize your horse's jaw and your horse's mouth. So in a lot of ways, it makes it more comfortable for them because for one, it allows you to give like more precise aids with a bit because there's not so much play in it. And then for two, it it's more predictable for your horse as well. And so I know there's like a lot of stuff like, oh, you're tying the horse's mouth shut and blah, blah, blah. But I find that the nose band helps to just stabilize it and keep the bit steady in my horse's mouth so that I don't accidentally like hit them in the mouth or that the bit doesn't drop too low or they don't get their tongue over. Um, but I don't think that putting them super tight is a good idea. So air on the looser side. And if your horse isn't used to going in a noseband or a flash, it will be a bit of an adjustment to them for them. So start out with it loose and then gradually make it a little bit um, smaller. Okay, uh, Winda has a question. Can we start training this from the ground before the horse has been backed? Yes, <laughs> I start teaching all my horses how to get round, how to go on the bit, how to give to the pressure before I get on them. I find that very, very helpful. Um, let's see. Oh, Kim wants to know if we can show the winners before and after videos from last year. Yes, I do have the video of the winners. It's on my YouTube channel. I think it's called Dressage for All. I'll try and put it in the chat after this is over. Um, but 30 Days to Round last year was amazing. It was incredible to see the differences in the horses before and after. I was quite surprised at um, some of the transformations. And Again, you know, training is a process, it's slow, it takes time, but you will be amazed if you have the right education, if you're super consistent, and if you set a goal and you go out there and you work at it every single day, you will be amazed what you can accomplish with your horse. And so that really is the fun part of um, getting your horse round. Okay, let's see. Janet, 
My concern is with the three steps around you talked about this week. Step two is about getting your horse forward. I've been working on that, but I noticed that I'm not taking contact and that is needed to supple. How do I take up contact without losing forward when I already feel like I'm using all the leg I have? <laughs> okay, that is a good question. So, and it's tricky, right? I think when we're talking about roundness, that forward always has to come first, right? Like definitely your horse has to be going forward before you can start working on roundness. Um, but I think a couple of things. One is that if you focus on your position, make sure you have an independent seat. And then the first thing to do is just to be able to establish a super light contact without doing anything to your horse. So just like, can you establish a very light feel of their lips and not pull on them and not ask for anything, but just feel their mouth a little, feel the nod of their head, feel what they're wanting to do while you're keeping that forwardness. And then little by little, you start suppling, you start bending, and they start to come around little by little. I think sometimes we do too much where we just like shorten up the reins and start pulling. And then the horse is like, what do you want? I should just stop. And they stop. So it's a more gradual process. The other thing, if you're having trouble getting your horse going forward, do lots and lots of transitions. So like lots of quick, like walk, trot, walk, trot, halt, trot, give your horse a kick, take your leg off. That will help to get your horse more in front of the leg. Okay. Um, let's see. There's lots of questions about the video submission process. So if you're in the 30 days to round challenge already, like all the rules and everything are inside of the challenge. But basically, the way it works is if you want to submit videos, it's optional. If you want to be eligible for the prize fund, which is $10,000 this year, which is kind of crazy. But if you want to be eligible for the prize fund, you have to submit a before and after video of you riding your horse. And it's kind of it's what we're looking for is transformation. So we'd like to see walk, trot, canter and some transitions if you can do that. Um, if not, not, and the better video quality that you can get, the better. So you don't have to have a, a super video camera. Your phone is fine, but if you can have someone hold your phone and zoom in and out so that we can see you better, that is awesome. Okay. Next question is from Beth. She says her horse pops up in transitions. Um, it was stated that you do not use your leg and hand at the same time. However, I find I have to use a little right hand when I move up to trot to keep him round. As much as I would like to think I'm not doing it at the same time, probably I am. Any advice or comments? <laughs> yes. Okay. Let me know in the chat if your horse puts their head up during transitions. I think this is probably one of the most common things that happens the reason that it happens is twofold. One is that a lot of times when you put your leg on for a transition, it kind of surprises your horse and they put their head up. The second reason is that for your horse to stay really round in an upward transition, they have to lift their back and use their core, which is hard for them. So by putting their head up, they can kind of cheat and pull themselves 
into the trot or into the transition. So that's why your horse puts their head up. Um, and like Beth said, it's tricky, right? Because if you're kicking your horse to go forward and at the same time you're pulling and saying, stay round, then that's not really fair to your horse. That would be like gas pedal and brake pedal in your car at the same time. So what I do is I put my horse diagonally. So I will put them on a circle line. Circles will help to keep roundness through transitions. Or I'll push them a little bit sideways, like a little bit of a leg yield feeling in the transition. That's another really good way to help keep them rounder. And a way to do it that you're not trapping your horse, that you're not like holding them in front and kicking them and like putting so much pressure on them. So I would recommend bending lines and a little bit of a yielding turn on the forehand type of thing. Okay. Um, another question about short reins. There's lots of questions about reins being too long. Oh, this is a good question from Christine. Okay. Let me know in the chat if your horse, how is your horse in the contact? Is your horse too strong? Is your horse too light? Is your horse uneven in the contact? Like, do they hang on the left rein or do they hang on the right rein? Or are they just right? So ideal contact is like, I would say, I did that video. Ideal contact is like a soda can. I don't know. I'm addicted to seltzer water. I drink a lot of seltzer water. But if this was full, it's about 12 ounces. So that is how much contact I want to have with my horse's mouth. And I want it to feel adjustable. I want to feel like I could bend my horse, like I could make the neck a little lower. Um, that's how I want the contact to feel. Okay, so Kathy says strong. <laughs> Adventures say strong. Lorraine says uneven and strong. Janet says what contact? <laughs> Probably too light. <laughs> okay. And that's the tricky part about contact is every horse is different. Some of them are too light in the contact. Some of them are too strong. Some of them hang on the left rein. Some of them hang on the right rein. And what you want is you want to get this soda can in your hand and where you can move the soda can around and change your horse's frame without them changing in their gait or pushing from behind. And that is the tricky part. Okay, a lot of heavy horses. All right, so I'm going to answer Christine's question. So she says that her horse leans on the right rein. It doesn't matter what direction I go. He puts about 15, pound, 15 pounds of weight in the right rein. That's a lot of pounds. I bend and release when he gets soft, but he goes back to putting weight in it. I'm making sure he's in the outside rein, but he still puts weight in the right rein. So if your horse is hanging on the right rein, this sounds counterintuitive. What you need to do is you need to hold the left rein and you need to push your horse more off of the right leg. So you need to push your whole horse's body into that left rein and then take and give on the right rein. And it's so hard, but when your horse is strong in one rein, the more you hang on them, the more they just lean against you. So what you really need to do is you need to take the rein they don't want to hold so you need to take that left rein and then push them off the right leg because probably 
since they're leaning on the right rein, the whole body is leaning to the right. And you need to get the responsiveness to your right leg and keep contact in that left rein. I hope that helps you. It's really a tricky thing to fix when you have a horse that's uneven in the contact. If you, for those of you that have horses that are strong in the contact, um, like Kelda, if I have a horse that's strong in the contact, I always think about my seat. I think about making my seat heavier and then vibrate and soften on the rein. Vibrate and give, vibrate and give, vibrate and give. If you have a horse that curls, you have to hold a bit steadier in the horse's mouth and do lateral stuff like leg yields turn on the forehand. And this is the tricky part of riding is, you know, being able to adapt your training, being able to figure out what your horse needs to get to this ideal contact of holding the soda can in your hand. Uh, for those of you in the challenge, I do go over this. So I do talk about here's what you should do if your horse is heavy. Here's what you should do if your horse curls, if your horse is too light in the contact. And I also show some videos of me teaching students and working on these with students because it is tricky. You know, if you get on a horse and they the horse knows how to go round and supple and soft, it's not that hard. But when you're on a horse that is green or has bad habits or has been off from an injury or, you know, you're doing an off-the-track thoroughbred, that is where it gets tricky. And that's where you really need this kind of like step-by-step -step curriculum to teach your horse how to accept the contact. Uh, okay, one more question from Maria. She says, my saddle fits my horse like a glove, but the twist is too wide for me. This makes me struggle. This is a struggle for me to maintain a good and helpful position. I tend to fall into a chair seat and my knees bump into the saddle. How can this impact my horse's ability to get round? My horse curls up and gets heavy in my hands, especially in the canter. Good question. So yes, your position has a huge impact on the way your horse goes and their ability to get round. If you're in a chair seat, what happens in a chair seat is your upper body is too far back and your legs are too far out in front of you. And so your seat bones are kind of like digging too much in like this. And it might cause you to balance on your hands and not be able to follow the motion. So it makes a lot of sense that your horse curls and gets heavy because you're not correctly using your seat. And so what I would say is what you need to, you need to really focus on that chair seat, make sure your upper body stays forward and bring your lower leg back and underneath you. So even if you don't have the ideal saddle, you're going to have to work extra hard to maintain your position, but imagine engaging your hamstring. Think about kind of squeezing a tennis ball behind your knee, and that will help you to maintain the proper position and um, and that will help so that your horse doesn't curl as much. When you're correctly using your seat, then your horse won't curl as much. Um, Stacy, if we have questions throughout the week, is it okay to post on the Facebook page? Yes, absolutely. If you're inside 30 days to round, just use hashtag Ask Amelia. That way I see your question and I know to answer it because there have been a lot of posts, I think hundreds of posts inside the Facebook group already, which is awesome. Everyone is so excited. 
we've already had a few people say like, oh, I did the groundwork exercises and I had the best ride ever with my horse. So it's going to be really fun. The challenge officially starts on the 15th. So if you haven't joined yet, this is your chance. Join now so that you have time to start going through the exercises. And then during the actual challenge, Stacy, I will do Facebook Lives. Depending on how many students we have, I'll either do them twice or possibly three times a week. And we'll always post something that's like, hey, post your questions below for the next live session. So that will start on the 15th. I'll probably do some like unorganized ones before then. Um, but the challenge does officially start on the 15th and it's going to be epic. It's going to be just like such a fun 30 days. And I'm so grateful to all of you for the community support, which is so wonderful and so helpful. Everyone helping one another and just working with our horses, working on this goal because training is hard, riding is hard and we all need help and support and encouragement and education. So all right, everyone. Um, oh, how long do we have to enter the frame challenge contest? I think we announced the winner like Tuesday. It's soon. So enter the frame challenge contest soon. Uh, that's it. Levi and I are going for a run. Levi, you want to go for a run? Levi, you want to go for a run? He gets so excited when I tell him we're going for a run. Say hi. Say hi. All right, we're going to go for a run, and I hope you all have a wonderful week. I hope that you joined the challenge. If you haven't yet, the link is either above or below this video. If you are in the challenge, invite your friends to join. There's a special code for you to give to your friends so they can get extra money off their entry, and it's going to be super fun. So have a good evening. Bye, everyone. So that's it for this week. Thank you so much for all of your awesome questions. And I hope you learned something new from listening. If you're new to the podcast and you'd like a question answered on a future one, get on touch on Facebook through Amelia's Dressage Club, Instagram at Amelia Newcomb Dressage, or YouTube at Amelia Newcomb Dressage, and mark the question for the live sessions. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you like it, please share it, review it, and tune in again next week. Thanks so much and happy riding.